Father, in the name of Jesus, as we lift our hands today, we pray that as we are seated in a natural chair, Jesus, you are seated in a throne in heaven. And as the high priest declared over Israel, let the Lord's face shine upon them, you, our high priest, declare upon us today that your face and your Father's face through the Holy Spirit would shine upon us today. And we pray as our hands reach up to heaven to reach out to you, that you who have already reached down here today and that your presence is here through your Holy Spirit and that you touch every single person in this place. We expect your presence. We expect your move. We expect you to move, Holy Spirit, today. And right now, I'm seeing walls coming down. A broken wall. There are some of you here today that your prayers you feel are not going through because parang may pader na nakaharang. And I speak to you today that maybe there is unforgiveness in your heart. And that God is instructing you today by the Holy Spirit to forgive that person. So right now, if that is you, and you, you don't need to raise your hand, but just in your seat silently, ask God for the grace to forgive that person or persons who have hurt you. And as you do so, I am seeing the wall being shook, being shaken right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm seeing that wall being broken. And I'm seeing a ladder and angels behind the wall. There is a ladder as that wall has fell down. There are angels that are going up to heaven and down to you. Right now, at this very moment, I see that as you have released forgiveness, the wall of unforgiveness and strife and offense have been broken in your life and you are experiencing freedom like never before. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And as God's Spirit is here today, there is a release of freedom and liberty from offense, from hurt, from unforgiveness, from bitterness. And that wall that has been hindering prayer has now been broken. And now we see an open heaven over you today in Jesus' name. And the, whatever God has already prepared through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has now an open access over your life. If that's you, just receive it now and just begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God with your words. Just begin to thank God with your words. Just begin to thank God with your words. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do you receive that? It's yours. It's yours. Amen.
I want to begin with a verse that I've mentioned a couple of weeks already. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. Begin with, then Jesus. How many of you know Jesus is our ultimate example? Amen? <laughs> Maybe some of you are still looking at that broken wall and receiving your blessing. Amen? But how many of you know Jesus came and he didn't just die right away. He lived. He lived for 33 and a half years. And the reason why he lived among us, that's very sus, but the reason why he lived among us was because not only could he be with us and relate to us, but to be an example to us. The reason why he had three and a half years of ministry was because he wanted to show his disciples what we all, the church, are able to accomplish by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Jesus would be to us today as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ, our ultimate example. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. See, Jesus came that the very face of God, the very presence of God would be carried in Him, that one vessel. He was the one like Adam who had the Holy Spirit inside of him. The breath of God, the breath of life. And everywhere that Jesus went, just like God began when He began creation, He spoke. Jesus began to teach. He began to impart doctrine, belief. And as he began to say, this is what the Father says. This is what the Word says. He began to preach, which is different. Teach is to begin to show and open up the Word of God. To preach is to get that Word and begin to be an encouragement and application to your life. And this is what I believe God wants us to do every time we come to church so that we could hear His Word, hear revelation, but that we would be encouraged to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only. Amen? And as he did that, miracles began to work. The glory of God began to be seen. Amen? How many of you know that as we do that, as we take the word and we begin to teach and we begin to preach and we begin to encourage ourselves, we can go now and pray for people and miracles begin to happen. Amen? But when he saw the multitudes, how many of you know that these miracles, this teaching, this preaching, these were all for the multitudes? Amen? And how many of you know that we are a part of that multitude as well? When the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. We were once a part of that. We were once like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest. You know, Melvin was talking about storehouses and vats being filled. You see, you fill the storehouse, you fill the vats with the harvest. That's why it's important to sow. Because if you're not going to sow, you're not going to get a harvest. There's no farmer in the right mind who prepares a field, stands over the field and begins to pray, but yet has not sown a single seed. And he stands and prays, and when it's time for the season of harvest, He's really expecting to receive something after he did not sow anything. How many of you know that for us to expect the harvest, we need to sow? Amen? And that's not just money because the harvest that we're talking about here 
was actually wheat or potatoes or another crop. Amen? And how many of you know the harvest that they're talking about here is people? So what do we sow into people? We sow words. We sow love. We sow a touch. We sow time. We sow patience. Whatever it is that God is requiring us to sow, we need to sow. But let me tell you, as we sow, we will reap. Amen? Amen? We don't need to pray to God for harvest because it's, there's so much already. It's ripe. It's ready. Jesus said, the laborers are few. Who are the laborers? The ones here today that are saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. You see, in the kingdom of heaven, in the world, laborers need to be skilled. Tama po ba? Kung may business ka, at ang business mo ay, <clears throat> let's say, pananahe, kailangan the people that you bring into your business know how to sow or are willing to be taught how to sow. Tama po ba? Mahirap kung ha-hire ka ng tao na hindi marunong, hindi skilled. If you're, a, if you're in the medical field, if you have a hospital, you need qualified nurses, you need qualified doctors, you need qualified speech, therapists, psychiatrists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, nutritionists, medical technologists, lahat na lang, hindihanan ko na eh. But you need people who have trained and are skilled. Amen? In the kingdom of heaven, It's so wonderful because God is not looking for those who are qualified. He's looking for those who are available. And if you are available, He is your qualification. He's just looking for people who want to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen? Are there any people out here today that can actually say, Lord, ako. Meron pa ba? Ang konti ng taas ng kamay. Come on. Sometimes it's hard to lift our hand kasi ang bigat-bigat. God is looking for the laborers. And I believe this house is filled with laborers. Amen? Harvest that Jesus is talking about is people. For some, kaluluwa. Souls. But I believe God that, you know, Jesus paid the price for more than just our souls. He paid the price for our spirits, our souls, and our body. Amen? But what do we do with the harvest? Well, just like any person who has a, pero ba dito na meron kayong like a farm or a plantation or you work in that or anybody can relate? So anybody, wala nakataas ng kamay. Sa siyudad kasi tayo. If we go somewhere na malawak ang mga hacienda, siguro may magtataas ng kamay dyan, di ba? Ha? Huh? Meron? Sorry, hindi ko nakita. Meron ba? Well, kung meron ba, I'm sure nakaka-relate kayo. If you're going to have a, a, a field, what you need to do is, number one, the field needs to be prepared. There needs to be a time of sowing. There needs to be a time of taking care of the harvest. But you see, the harvest comes when everything is ready. So now, when we talk about harvest, it means handa na lahat. Amen? So pag may harvest, anong kailangan gawin? Unang-una, kailangan muna i-harvest. 
people have to go into the field and get aanihin. It's not automatic na the farmer wakes up, Uy, ready! Lahat ayos na. Hindi po, hindi po ganun. Kailangan may laborers, kailangan people go out. In the body of Christ, when Jesus says, who are the laborers? These are people who doesn't just evangelize. What does it mean to evangelize? It's to share the good news. Hindi ako evangelist, pastor, hindi ako that. May ginawa ba si Jesus sa buhay mo? Sino nakaka-relate na may ginawa si Jesus sa buhay niyo? Is that good news? Kaya niyo ba i-share yan? You know, there are different types of preachers. Like last, like yesterday. There are preachers na magaling maghiwa ng salita ng Diyos. Nakala mo talang hiwang-hiwa talagang word for word, line by line. Exegesis, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. But there are some preachers, this is not teacher, preachers, who, who, who just get words that we know, we've heard, but yet they're there to encourage. And many times these preachers encourage through testimony, through life experience. Meron ba kayong life experience sa gabutihan ng Diyos? Then you are qualified to be a laborer. Because if you have the Word of God in you, you're already qualified. But what makes it even better is if you have a story in your life because nobody can say, hindi totoo yan. Nangyari sa'yo yan eh. Hindi mo po kahit sabihin niya, sinungaling ka. Bro, sis, nangyari sa akin. Hmm? Hmm? If it happened to you, nobody can take it away from you. Because you know it's real. And that's what the Lords are looking for, people who have experienced God's goodness. Could you go and tell somebody, you know, look what the Lord has done. That's the best way to evangelize. Because you don't need to stand in a bus, you don't need to stand in a stadium like this with millions of people. Evangelists come in all shapes and sizes. You can just be an evangelist to one at a time. It just takes you to say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen? So you go out into the harvest field. So you have to reap the harvest. And that's what an evangelist, a person does. You evangelize. They reap. The person receives the Lord. And secondly, after they, evangelize, they reap the harvest, anong gagawin mo sa harvest? Sabi ni Melvin, anong gagawin mo sa harvest? Dadalin mo saan? Storehouse. So what do you do? You bring them to a local church. And what better local church than our local church? Why did I say our? Because you belong here. Eh. Why would you bring somebody to somebody else's house? Eh, dito yung bahay mo eh. Eh, dadayin mo dito. I'm not saying we're better than anybody else, but I'm saying if you, this is your home, you bring them home. If you give birth to a child, you bring the child to your house. You don't say, oh, ate, ito anak ko ha. Kau na bahala dyan, ha? Hindi po. We are, that is part of the responsibility. You don't just share the gospel, but you bring them. Amen? The child, you carry the child in your womb, you birth the child, but now in the hospital, I think it's already automatic na pag na-birth, they go straight to the, to the parents, ano na, bedside na siya. I think many hospitals, that's how they work now eh. 
kailangan na bedside na siya kaagad. Why? Because it's important for the parent and the child to bond kaagad. Amen? And that's why when you, when you share the gospel, you invite them, come, I will go, let's go to church together. Kung kailangan, sundu kita, susundu kita. Amen? Amen? So you bring them to the storehouse. But what happens when they're in the storehouse? Ganyan na lang? Anong gagawin mo sa harvest pag nasa storehouse? Lulutuin ka agad, no? You prepare it. Amen? Usually, ang storehouse ay ginagamit para inaayos, para ship out and to send wherever it needs to go. Before the harvest is sent out, it needs to be prepared. And that's why it's very important that Jesus said, go and make disciples. It is part of stewardship because we've been talking about stewardship that we disciple or we take care. You see, when you hear the word discipleship, it's such a big word. Or maybe some of us were burnt with discipleship. What do you mean, Pastor? Maybe you came from a church or a ministry. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't believe everybody here got born again and saved in New Life North Metro. Majority of you maybe came from a different church and God had just put North Metro in your heart to make it your home for this season of your life. We have people have come and we have people have gone. Tama po ba? Am I speaking the truth or am I just inventing this? Amen. There are some who were born in this house. But there are some, maybe you came from somewhere else. And when you hear the word discipleship, you think kota. Pag discipleship, kailangan may ganitong amount of tao ka, ganitong every week, ganitong mga group mo. Kailangan yung downline mo ay ganito, 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 ganito. Open-minded ka ba? Power! That discipleship becomes a a chore, a task. Hindi ka naman marketing. Bakit pa kailangan mag-marketing? What am I doing here? And we feel burnt out, we feel stressed, and we get allergic to the word discipleship. May nakaka-relate ba dyan? But I believe the best type of discipleship is personal mentorship. That you would say, Lord, I believe you brought that person into my life. And that's why, you know, we heard something great uh, yesterday in the conference that the, the, one of the pastors was saying that he doesn't allow people to mentor more than four at a time because he knows that discipleship is not just, oh, may malaking group, oh, the, the bigger the group, the better, galing akong disciple. See, Jesus had 12 and he's already Jesus. Amen? Gusto ko mag-12. Si Jesus nga, 12 nga eh. I can do all things to Christ. Amen, brother. But what I want to share today, here today, is I want it, I want New Life North Metro to think of discipleship as personal mentorship. That you can give yourself entirely sa person na yan. Now, discipleship is different from life group. Ano ba yung, ano, bakit, ano, bakit iba? You can have a disciple in your life group, but the life group is really not really for discipleship. The, the life groups that we have is really for relationships. It's really for accountability. 
It's really for us to share and hear the word in a smaller setting. But a discipleship is a personal choice of somebody, a mentor, reaching out to a mentee or a protege. Or the other way around, a protege looking at somebody and saying, can you mentor me? I believe it's both ways. See, when a baby is born into this world, it has no choice kung sinong mag-aalaga sa kanya. It's usually yung magulang ang mag-aalaga. Tama po ba? That's usually, but we know sometimes there are different cases. But usually, the one who births is the one who would take care. Amen po ba? So, if we think of it in the spiritual sense, if God used you to bring somebody into the kingdom of heaven, that He caused that relationship to happen between you, then maybe God is saying that maybe this relationship can go further. Now, I'm not talking about ligawan or evangeligaw. <laughs> Hindi po evangeligaw ang sinasabi ko. Evangelism. Iba yung evangeligaw. Dadaling ko sa church para mag-born again. Para ako pwede na, pastor. Pareho na kami saved. Pwede na. Kung yan ang motive mo, praise God. At least may motive ka. But I'm talking about, you know, God bringing a true desire. You see, from the very beginning, God's plan for humanity was to be fruitful and to multiply. Genesis 1.28 says, Then God blessed them. Listen, before they even had the ability to be fruitful and to multiply, God blessed them. Let me tell you, God's blessing is upon you today. And God is calling all of us. All of us. Many times as pastors, we think that we'll just preach from the pulpit, but everybody just needs to do the evangelism and the discipleship. No. As pastors, more than ever, we need to be the example of personal evangelism. And I have people in my life, Mara and I, we have people in our life that we treat more than just congregation I think all of you, we don't look at you as congregation. We look at you as family. But there are certain people that I believe there are levels of relationship. And it's not sometimes by our choice. Most of the times, it's because people pursue us. You see, the proof of your passion is in the pursuit. If you really are passionate about someone or something, talagang ipurpursue mo, kahit busted ka. Tuloy ka pa rin. Kahit sabihin niya, no, 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 hindi pwede. Tuloy pa rin. Di ba? And minsan, nakukuha ka sa ano eh. Nakukuha mo sa passion eh. Nakukuha mo sa pursuit. Di ba, Mara? Hindi <laughs> ako pinakikinggan. Thank you, ha. You see, God has called us to be fruitful and to multiply. Not just physically, but I believe spiritually. And I believe God has given us that ability to multiply ourselves. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 22, when a question was asked of him, Teacher, verse 36, which is the greatest commandment? You see, the first commandment God gave Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and to multiply. See, when Jesus, how many of you know that the Old Testament, many times we see what we need to do? But when Jesus came, it was more than what we need to do. It's the heart behind why we do. Amen? 
So today, after the cross, we don't just do, we are not told just what to do, like the, under the law, being told what to do, but we are under grace that we now have the right motives. That's why we do what we do. Amen? Grace doesn't exempt the doing. Grace just gives us the right motivation. So in the first commandment, God says, be fruitful and multiply. When Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, let's look at it as a way of motivation. What's his greatest motivation? Jesus said, you shall love God first. It is from that love. You see, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So our love to God is a response of his love to us. As you experience how much God loves you, you can't help but love Him back. And let me tell you the truth. If you're married, you totally understand this. When you love somebody, you also love the things that they love. Amen? Kaya ako, ngayon, ang hili ko sa sapatos. Ang hili ko sa bag. What? Hindi ko sa headband, no joke lang. Come on, married couples, do you believe that? You see, when you love somebody, you usually end up loving the things they love. Amen? Kung pagkain, ako, I, honestly, ah, I really didn't like soup growing up. Anong soup? Nilaga, sinigang, tinola. Ayoko kumain ng ganyan. Basta Pilipino ka ba? Oo, Pilipino ako. Pero hindi ko talaga yung gusto yung mga soup-soup na yan. Then I married this wonderful woman. And, all, and she just loves soup. And then I have a son that always asks sinigang, nilaga, tinola. So ngayon, I have to cook it for them because I love them. But now, I actually enjoy eating that. Amen? But now, when she eats sinigang, may bagoong na. Kasi yan ang, yan, amen, di ba? That's the only way to eat it! With bagoong! Sinigang na pork with bagoong, of course! Pero mahirap ngayon, wala na kaming rice eh. Ang hirap, maganda kung may rice, no? Pero wala nang rice sa buhay ko. Buti nandyan pa si Mara sa buhay ko. <laughs> anyway, you usually love the things that they love. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God. And then the second, equally as important, you love your neighbor as yourself. The motivation for evangelism is love. God, we love God because He first loved us. And then we look at people with eyes of compassion just like Jesus. See, loving God is loving people. Now, let me clarify this. Sometimes you don't like the people, but love is a choice. You may not like the person, but you can choose to love them. Amen? Love must, take note of this, love must be the motivation for mentorship or discipleship to succeed. We don't just love people to share the gospel. We don't just love people to bring them to church. We love people to help them on their journey. And in the church, we have prepared so many 
things that so many programs in this church, we have Alpha, we have Life Group, we have uh, mentorship groups, we have Bible school, night school. We have so many things to help them in that journey of discipleship. But we just need you to partner with us. Amen? See, Paul told Timothy one of the greatest commandments. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. You see, we can't do this without the blessing, without the grace of God. Amen? My song, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. I like the passion translation of this. The passion, uh, how do you say this? Commentary of this. It says this, Timothy. He's talking to Timothy here. Second uh, Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Passion po, TPT. It says, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace. Amen. Anybody like that? That we can live our life with God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength. See, our strength is found in God's grace. Found, this grace is found in the anointing of Jesus and your union in Him. Who is the anointing of Jesus? See, the anointing of Jesus is not a what. The anointing of Jesus is a who. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen? He said, live your life with a free flow. I like free flowing. My son likes eat all you can. Dad, eat all you can. It's the best. You can eat as much. Oh! Ananako talaga si Judah. Obvious ba? We like that, no? That there's no limit. It's just free-flowing. No? Yes? Amen? My son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is our strength found in the anointing of Jesus and His union with Him. What unites us to God is His Holy Spirit. And all that you have learned from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life. That's why mentors, it's not just important what you say. It's important how you live. Because I had a study, and it said children only follow 6% of what their parents say. 6%. Kaya mga mami at daddy, pag anak, po, halika dito. Anak, po, halika dito. Teka lang po. Anak, po. Taka na dito, anak. Dali lang po. 6%. But it says the child will do 91% of what they see their parents do. So if your word and your life go together, then you have a 97% chance that they will follow you. See, that is what mentorship is about. It's reproducing yourself. Are you there? 
and all that you've learned from me confirmed by the integrity. We cannot live integrous without the Holy Spirit and the grace of God in our life. Deposit into faithful leaders. Take note of that word, faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregation the same revelation. You see, mentors are faithful stewards. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Let a man consider us servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards, or tagapagmahala, somebody who's given charge over. You see, when you lead somebody to the Lord and you decide to mentor them, know that they belong to Jesus. They don't belong to you guys. You don't belong to Pastor Etz and Pastor Amara. I may be your pastor here on earth, but I don't own you. But Jesus owns you. Why? Because He paid for you with His blood. You are redeemed. So those of you who want to talk no more about redemption, we have night school po every Wednesday on the topic of redemption. Plug na naman. We are still open if you want. We just started. You were redeemed by His blood. You were paid in full. You were bought. Your life is not your own. You belong to Him. But yet God gives people stewardship, saying, this is mine, take care of it, please. What an awesome privilege that God would tell you. Parents, especially parents, listen. What an awesome privilege that God would give you a child and say, that child is mine, but I'm trusting you. Take care of them. Amen? Tahimik, oh. We are called to take care, to be found faithful. Now, what is a mentor? And I want to look at one aspect of mentorship here today. Mentors are teachers of wisdom. Ano ba yung wisdom? Very simply put, wisdom is the application of the Word of God so that we can live our life or navigate life the right way. Ulitin ko po. Godly wisdom, not just any wisdom, but godly wisdom is the application of the Word of God in our life so that we could live or navigate life the right way. Amen? Mentors are teachers of wisdom. See, one of the greatest books of wisdom in the Bible is what book? The book of Proverbs. It is a book written by older men instructing younger men. Meaning, it is a book written by mentors to mentees. Now, of course, we know that the Word of God is applicable to every gender. Amen po ba? So, yung book of wisdom is not just for men lang. So, women din. And a mentor is not just a man. It could be a woman. But I would like to encourage you, men, mentor other men. Women, mentor other women. Because if men would mentor women, baka maging husband and wife na kayo. Pero masama yan kung or if you're already married. So I would suggest men mentor men. Amen? And women mentor women. But if you look at the language of Proverbs, it's all my son, my son, my son, or younger man. If you would translate it literally, younger man, 
listen to my words. It teaches them how to deal with their words. It teaches them how to deal with money. It teaches them how to deal with the other people. It teaches them how to choose their wife. See, the, the Proverbs 31 is not really about a woman. As it is, son, this is how you are to choose a wife. Amen? But I want to let you know, our greatest mentor is the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11.2 says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him in the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And where is that Holy Spirit? If you receive Jesus into your life, He's in you. Amen? Jesus said in John 14, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that that Helper may abide in you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells in you and will be in you. So I want to end today with the scripture from 1 Timothy. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. And I want to let you know that mentors, you can have many mentors in your life. They come and go. Some mentors are seasonal. But I believe in the church, you may have that, mentors, teachers. But Paul says to Timothy, you might have thousands of fathers Many instructors, uh, sorry, you may have many instructors, but you don't have, you only have a few fathers or one father or one mother. We can have many people in our life, but the true mentorship I'm believing here for is a, a father to son, a mother to daughter. Because mentors can be seasonal or temporary, but the relationship of a father and mother to their child is forever. Amen? So Tim, Paul looked at Timothy like his son. See, Paul did not, Timothy was not Paul's son. But in the spirit, Paul looked at Timothy and treated Timothy like his own son. And many, in the book of Timothy, you see words of encouragement. And I want to share these words with you today. It's just a, six verses. But I believe from these six verses, we'll understand six points of his false heart or a mentor's heart towards their protege. Are you ready? Let's start. Paul starts with, instruct and teach the people all that I have taught you. A, a real mentor, a real mentor, can we go back to that please? A real mentor understands the principle of sowing and reaping. All that I've given you, you sow it. So that they could sow it. And that they could sow it. And the harvest is seeing that word which you sowed, that time which you sowed, that effort which you sowed, produce in their life. Because as they are blessed, how many of you know you are blessed as well? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, mentors understand sowing and reaping. Number two, and don't be intimidated by those who are older than you. Mentors understand the importance of empowering others. 
A mentor understands this. That yes, I am training you. A mentor is secure in the fact that even if this is my mentee or my protege, even if they exceed me, actually the goal of the mentor is that the mentee or the protege exceeds them. You don't raise up a child that they would be less than you. You raise up a child that they would exceed you. You know, Pastor Paul, my, my, my mentor, told me, said this statement. I pray that my ceiling would be the floor of those who I mentor. I pray that my son Judah, I don't pray that he would be a pastor. God needs to call him for that. Being a pastor is a calling, not something you pray for. Amen? If God's called him, then so be it. He needs to obey God. But I pray whatever Judah does will be so much more than I, what me or Mara would ever do in our lifetime. That's the heart. That's the heart of a mentor. They empower. Amen? Next verse. I know here, same verse. He says, goes on to say, Speak the truth and live a life of purity, purity and authentic love as you remain strong in the faith. Mentors understand the value of character. As a mentor, you don't just want to preach the word, but you are more concerned with the character. Hindi lang yung salita kung hindi being always precedes doing. You want to watch over their character at all times. Amen? And a mentor understands that yes, kahit madaming knowledge yan, pero kung wala akong nakitang application sa buhay niya, baliwala lang ang knowledge. Next verse. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the Word of God. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. Be diligent in devouring the Word. Be faithful in prayer and teaching the believers. Mentors understand that there is a work that needs to be done before you achieve something. Mentors understand that life is not like a box of chocolate. Nakain ka lang ng kain, natataba ka ng tataba. It's not fast food all the time. The problem with the generation today, everything needs to be fast. Kung yung bandwidth mo hindi 150 Mbps, useless ang bandwidth mo. Kailangan mabilis. Isipin mo lang i-click, naka, naka, nakabukas na yung webpage. Hindi mo pa kiniklik, iniisip mo pa lang, puk, bubukas na siya. Ganyan dapat. But how many of you know that it's not as simple as that. You know, a great man said this, I am enjoying the benefits of my labor. But if I'm not careful, my children will enjoy it, but their children will not. Why? Because many times, children reap the benefit of the labor of the parents, but they don't understand what it costs for that to happen. Kids, if your parents are successful, I want to encourage you, follow what they're doing. Don't just receive their success. Because if you don't learn the right way, you will just waste everything that your parents did. A good mentor knows that your deeds are work to be done. Continue. Don't minimize the powerful gift. True mentors understand giftings, understand callings understands destinies and they do everything they can to help 
their protege, prioritize the pursuit of that calling. Ulitin ko po, true mentors understand giftings. They understand callings. They understand destinies. And they know and they help their protege pursue. They do everything they can to help them. You know, Maranai's greatest desire in life is that whoever God has placed in our life, that we would help them fulfill their calling in their life. Amen? And finally, last verse. Last verse. Give careful attention to your spiritual life. True mentors don't just deal with natural growth. True mentors focus on spiritual growth first. Amen. Many times we think mentors teach us mga practical, practical lang yan eh. But a true mentor understands that anything in the natural first begins in the spiritual. Amen? Did you learn something today? You know, I pray that the words that I've spoken would be an encouragement, not a discouragement. And that these words would be a reminder to us that, you know what? God, if you have brought somebody into my life, help me to be like Paul. Help me. Grace me. And I have your Holy Spirit. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I don't think I can do it. I don't know how to do it. If you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I want to be used by you, but I need your help, just lift your hands right now. Say, Lord, I need your help. I know, I know this is the right thing to do. I thank God for your, I thank God for your honesty and I thank God that you are willing, you're making yourself willing right now. Lord, for those who are hands are lifted up, I pray for your anointing of your Holy Spirit. First and foremost, Lord, I pray, like the centurion said, I'm a man in authority because I'm a man under authority. I pray if they are looking for mentors, that in this house, they will find mentors. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray that if they are looking for mentors, Lord, open our eyes or help them to pursue, to go to people and say, would you mentor me? Would you do this for me? Lord, I pray for that right now in this place. I pray for those who would be mentored or who will mentor these people. But maybe God is calling you to also mentor others as well. So Lord, I pray for an anointing upon your life. I pray for a gifting by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would activate these gifts inside those who are here today. That they would be able to walk in boldness not just to preach the word, not just to share the good news and help people and bring them home, but to help in the journey as well, to help them in that journey to become mature believers in Christ so that we could be sent forth into the world because there is a greater harvest still waiting. Lord, I thank you that you hear our prayers and that you answer us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's Home is Live podcast. Connect with us through Kumu, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Welcome home.